Good morning. Oh, I'm your guest speaker today. <laughs> hey, wait, you, you, know, you might want to hold that off there. Just so pay, pay as you exit, yeah, kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> um, we have a number of, we're blessed to have a number of professional photographers here at the church. And yeah, and photography is one of the things that the Lord uh, is an art uh, that the Lord has given us. You know, anybody can, you know, shoot a, press a button, can take a picture, but some people just seem to do it a little bit better than others. And if you're, uh, if you're interested in learning uh, more about how to be a good photographer, we actually have a photographer's fellowship here, F-Stop. And uh, we've got like a one minute video that's uh, just going to. Give you a little taste of it, and uh, it's free. They meet once a month. Uh, it'll be in the bulletin, uh, the email send out. And if, you know, don't be shy. Uh, bring your camera. Come. They do field trips. Uh, it's, it's a good thing. We got several things we need to do this morning. Um, <clears throat> where's Connor? Come on up here, buddy. This is, uh, this is going to be Connor's last Sunday with us for a while. A lot of you are aware, most of you are aware that he's uh, headed to uh, YWAM, Switzerland, and uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty long-term commitment. We're going to pray for him, send him out today. Uh, those of you who uh, have a personal connection with Connor would like to come up and be a part of this prayer. Y'all come on up. And just, uh, if you step out in just a little bit, some, some of these guys can get behind you. Well, yeah, there we go. All right, that's enough, people. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. Would the rest of you just stand and stretch your hands out this way? Father, I thank you for Connor. Uh, he is a son of this house. And I uh, thank you for his life. I thank you for the, the Holy Spirit within him. I thank you for the calling that you're putting upon his life and i pray father that as he as he goes out he would be he would be blessed and the kingdom of god would be blessed the kingdom of god would be advanced i pray father that you'll provide for his needs that you will protect him and i pray lord god that you will lead him in ways that are going to uh, do things beyond anything he can possibly imagine right now before beyond anything he can think of right now because you do exceedingly abundantly above anything we can think or ask and so, Lord, I thank you for Connor, and 
I pray, Father, that you would use him in a powerful way in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Dave. Where's Dave? Mason. Oh, come on. You know, I'm going to preach today. So, so get on down here. <laughs> uh, let's have this, this microphone. David was one of the ones who uh, went on this retreat, and uh, he feels like he has a word from the Lord for us. The rest of the guys real quick will come down that with me on this trip. We uh, had the honor of um, spending a week with Pastor Bruce uh, dealing with humility. And in that time, uh, a few days ago, we really had a, a confession time. And in that time, we were able to share some things that God put on our heart. And with us, we confessed to each other, but something stirred in my heart and wouldn't leave me alone, even this morning. And it was, we need to confess to you guys our lack of humility at times. We need to confess to our Father. We need to confess to our families that we haven't been humble and servants like we need to be at times. And we thought we need to confess to the body. Forgive us. And in that, we're also saying we're going to step forward now. And we're going to show more humility through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to serve more. We're going to love more, not in the bodies, but also in our homes and to our Father. And I just thought it me for us to make this confession with my brothers, that we love you guys. Forgive us for any lack of humility and, and, and pride that we have carried. And we ask the body to forgive us, but we ask you to pray for us as we go forward and to serve you guys. And we love you guys. Father, give us that humility that the Son had as a body and in each and every one of us. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins and thank you for the grace and mercy and the power of the Holy Spirit to go forward in your humility in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Your attitude in life should be that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but rather took on the nature of a servant became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Humility is a, is, is a, is a powerful and, and wonderful and beautiful thing when it's manifested. It, it, it truly is. Uh, one other thing, this, uh, uh, th- this, this weekend, uh, the Springhouse Theater opens Fiddler on the Roof. And uh, so I and, encourage, you to, uh, encourage you to come to it. It's going to be real good. I'm going to look a lot younger than I... Now look right now, I mean, you know, we gotta, we gotta let the beard get out there, but it's not, uh, uh, I have five daughters, not five granddaughters, but I actually have five granddaughters, but we're gonna fake it. Uh, and, uh, I'll be looking younger. Anyway, uh, tickets are here. Uh, somebody, um, uh, apparently during that was some confusion during the first service, but if you'd like to go ahead and get tickets, they'll be available at the Welcome Center. Where those of you who are get, who are, are first time visitors and those of you who are doing a do over, uh, will be stopping by to get a mug or something. Would you stand with me and let's read from the prophet Isaiah. I guess I ought to turn this on. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread to the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. 
It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Father, I pray that you would send your word forth today and that you would accomplish things in our lives. I pray that the Holy Spirit would quicken us to what you want to do in our lives. And I pray that the word would would have power to change us in Jesus name. Amen. And the word does have power to change us. Everything, everything starts with the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Uh, over in, in Genesis, we, we see in the beginning, God created. The first thing he reveals himself to, uh, to us as is a creator. But the way that he creates is he speaks. It's his word. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. The, the, uh, the pattern is this. God said it was. God called forth. It came forth. God spoke. It happened. It's clear that the word of God has power, has power over the elements. Uh, over in Luke chapter eight, the disciples got on a boat with Jesus and Jesus fell asleep, which is a good thing to do when you get on a boat. And a uh, storm came up and the disciples were afraid that, that they were going to, that they were going to die, that they were going to drown. They came to Jesus and they, and they said, don't you, master, don't you care that we're, we're about to drown now? Two things. One, if they're going to drown, then he's probably going to drown too. You know, this guy's asleep on the boat. Uh, so I don't know why they were kind of going, don't you care that we're going to drown? I mean, they might have, they could have gone, don't you care that you're going to drown? But that's not usually our perspective. Our perspective is usually us. And then secondly, you know, we enter places in life where we feel like he doesn't care. He's not paying any attention, but that's never true. That's never true. He's, he's always paying attention. He, he always cared. Don't, don't you care that we're about to drown? And Jesus gets up and he, and he speaks to the winds and the waves and he commands them to be still and they're still. And then the guys are more frightened than they were of the storm. Who is this? He commands and even the winds and, and the water obey him. Whoa. And so the word of God has power over the elements. The word of God has power over sickness. And of course, it happens time and time and time again. But just pulling out one reference, Jesus. And it's really probably my favorite one at the pool of Bethesda. Because Jesus comes up to the guy and says, uh, do you want to get well? And the guy doesn't say yes. The guy makes an excuse. For why he's not well. We, we're kind of taught today, or we, there's a lot of teaching that goes out that for some reason or other, uh, healing, a lot of whether or not you're healed depends on you. <clears throat> read, uh, read John chapter five. You know, th th this guy didn't even say yes when Jesus asked him if he wanted to be healed. But Jesus sent the word anyway and said, pick up your mat. Just pick your mat up and walk. And a guy who'd been laying there for 38 years picks his mat up and, and walks. So the word of God has power over sickness. The word of God has, has power over death. Uh, Jairus's daughter. It's a, uh, a story that a lot of you are familiar with. Little girl, 12 years old. She was dead. Jesus got there. Jesus just looked at her and he said, Talitha Kumi. Little girl. 
get up. Get up. So she did. So the word of God has power over these things. They had power over, over that totally, not a totally different situation, but when it came to Lazarus. And once again, he gets there and, and he's met with, if you had been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died because we know you've got power over sickness. But now he's dead. He's gone. And Jesus goes, well, he'll rise again. Oh, yeah, I know he's going to rise again at the resurrection at the last day. Do you believe that I'm the resurrection? I believe you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Okay, hold that thought. Let's go to the tomb. And when he gets there, he speaks. Lazarus, come forth. Turn off your cell phone. Lazarus, come forth. And he does. He, he does. He comes out of the tomb. So God's word is powerful. What about our words? Uh, Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue has the power of life and death. And truly it does. Barbie was saying last week, uh, the old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. A lie. That's a lie. Words, words can hurt. They, they can, they can kill. They, they can, they can destroy. Any parent, I'll direct this over here. Any, any parent who says to their child, you're stupid, you're ugly. Understand, because and I don't know if, if any of you have heard that. Hope, hopefully not, but maybe some of you have, because I, I know adults who've heard that, and they still carry it. But any parent who says that, understand that that parent is a, is a broken, hurting person who's probably carrying that themselves. When you, when you put that, when you put something like that on, on your children, when you speak that prophetic word over them, uh, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, you're watching too much network news and getting too upset in yourself and you're too wound up and angry. You know, back off, chill. Because your, your, your kid may not be the smartest one that was ever born. In fact, I'm going to step out on a limb and say your kid was not the smartest one that was ever born. That person probably isn't sitting in this room. And your kid may not be the best looking. But you don't have to go, you know, all, all those other kids in your class are really ugly compared to you. You know, you don't have to, you know, kind of build them up. You just go, you are so beautiful to me. You can tell them that because it's true. And you know what? They may become beautiful. You never know how things are going to go. When I was a kid, I would have considered this a cootie carrier. I mean, quite honestly. You know, and some of you probably know who this is. You know who this is? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Ba-ba-boom. That's what I call a transformer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is... Uh, now, you've seen this one, right? 
You know, this is, I, he didn't I don't know if he became handsome or not, but he certainly became rich. But I mean, what a geeky looking kid. Only a mom could love that face, quite frankly. All right, being from the Nashville area, you know this one, right? Yeah, and I'm sure she wants that picture destroyed forever and ever. But I mean, you know, even in junior high, I would have gone, ooh. But I was a late bloomer. Uh, And then one more. This guy... Kind of, kind of looks confident. He doesn't realize how ugly his haircut is, <laughs> or his glasses, and possibly because he knew at one point in time he would become the sexiest man alive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure something got said somewhere, and I'm sure it wasn't in the vicinity of Rodney Boyd, <laughs> or was it? I don't know. Your child may not be the brightest, the most beautiful, but listen, the race is not always to the swift. The battle is not always to the strong. Nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned. Time and and providence happens to everyone. And, you know, when I was when I was a kid, I thought, you know, you either had to be good looking or you had to be an uh, an athlete or you had to be uh, smart. Those were the only three things that counted. Well, okay, those three things are, are, are pretty significant, but there's a lot of talent that has nothing to do with any of those things. And some people are actually, you know, like what you call faithful. And that counts for something as well. Find out what, what it is they have and nourish that. Don't, don't blow smoke at them about what they don't have, but find out what it is they do have and nourish it. Because if you're blowing smoke at them about what they don't have, they know that. They know that. Anyway, let's, let's move on here. Our words have great power, but are there limits? Because, you know, there are, t- there are teachings. Some would teach today that if you say it and you really believe it, and you've really got the faith that it's going to happen, end of discussion, and they're wrong. They're wrong. It's not what the Bible teaches. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. That's, that's not how it always, always works. Have you, if you've lived long enough and if you've paid any attention at all and have any level of humility in your life, then you realize that there have been some times in your life when you really wanted something and it was a really bad idea. And God protected you from it. You didn't like it at the time. You got frustrated. His grace finds me. It's there in the shadows of this life. It's there in the weeping by the graveside. It's it's there in times of distress as well as in times of victory. Tim Tebow was never going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL again. He's a man of faith. He's got talent. He's worked hard. But neither am I, for that matter. Not as if I ever were. Was. Were. Was. Uh, I do have, do have a minor in English. 
Uh, we can all get together and we can join hands and we can oom all we want to and, and mind meld to try and make God do something that he doesn't want to do or try and keep him from doing something that he does want to do. And it won't work. Because he does whatever he wants. This is a very important verse of scripture uh, to remember, especially in, in times like these. Psalm 135, 6. The Lord does whatever pleases him in the heavens and on the earth and the seas and in all their depths. And, you know, this begs the question sometimes, well, if God does whatever pleases him, then why is this happening and why is that happening and why is, is this? It's more complicated than that. Because if God is responsible for every little thing that happens, then that means that it pleases him to manipulate and control all of our lives. And that's not what pleases him. He lets us make decisions. You know, a good parent does that. Uh, my oldest grandson, I now have two, uh, my oldest grandson uh, fell down the front steps this week on his nose. It's okay. He's, he's, he's alive. He still has a nose. Uh, but he learned something. He learned something about the front steps at his house. They're not just there for moments of triumph. When you, when you, when you get to the top of it and clap for yourself, you know, they can hurt you. Something he didn't know before. And you know what? There, it was something that you couldn't tell him. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta let him, you gotta let him get hurt. A little bit. You gotta let, gotta let some things happen. And God lets some things happen, but ultimately, ultimately, because his time, his time frames aren't our time frames. Ultimately, he's at work for the good of those who love him in everything. Well, does this mean that prayer doesn't matter? Well, prayer matters, but let me just say this. First of all, prayer is not meant primarily to be about us asking God to do stuff. Getting God to do stuff. One, one of the, uh, one of the unexpected, uh, joys about, um, doing Fiddler and, and, and doing Tevye, which is so much work, I don't know that I want to do something that big anymore, but, uh, one of the unexpected joys is it's really helped my prayer life. We should all pray like Tevye. He just goes around talking to God about everything. All day long, you know, this, this, hey, God, this happened over here and this happened over here. Did you see that? He wants to be sure that God is paying attention. Now, God is paying attention. It's us who are not paying attention. But if you set about to be sure God's paying attention, you will find yourself paying attention. That was so profound. It just slipped right past all of you. Yeah. yeah. And so he talks to God about everything and he complains. He complains to God. We don't complain to God. We want to complain to our neighbor. We want to complain to somebody who can't help us. We want to complain to somebody who doesn't need to hear it. Oy, somebody say oy vey. God can deal with it. That's who, that's who we should, that's who we should complain to. But. It pleases the Lord for our prayers to move him to right action. It's not that he doesn't move to right action anyway, because he's just in all his ways. But it pleases him for our prayers to move him to right action. When, when, he, uh, when he talked to Moses at the burning bush, 
to send him to Egypt. He said, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out. I've, I've, I've been listening to them because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. The generation that Moses went to rescue was not the first generation that cried out. Sometimes our crying out is laying a foundation for another person to come after to cry out, for another person to come after to cry out. It will reach a point where God will go, now it's time. But that first layer needs to be put there. Uh, we don't want to be the first layer, man. We want to be the top layer. We want to be the layer that sees it done. Abraham didn't see it done. Isaiah didn't see it done. They laid a foundation for us. When the children of Israel were in captivity in Babylon, um, Jeremiah had prophesied that they would be in captivity for 70 years. He specifically said 70 years. Uh, Daniel, the prophet Daniel, was one, of the, uh, was one of those who was in captivity. And over in Daniel chapter 9, it says that Daniel was studying the prophet Jeremiah. He saw that it was supposed to last 70 years. He realized that the time was getting kind of close. And so he prayed a prayer. He prayed a prayer of national repentance. He, he, he prayed a prayer uh, uh, be, beseeching God. He said, now our God, after, he, after they'd repented, he had repented for on behalf of his people. He says, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, O Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God. Hear, open your eyes, see the desolation of the city that bears your name. Lord, hear and act. And if you do the math, there's no way you can make it come out to Israel being in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. 67 is as close as you can get. Why? Did God miss it in Jeremiah? You know, was Jeremiah not a prophet of the Lord? Somebody prayed. Somebody said, God, I know this is what you want to do. Could you just move the timetable up just a little bit? And God didn't have to, but he did. Because somebody prayed. Jesus tells us uh, uh, during the time of troubles toward the end time, he tells us to pray about it. He says, pray, pray that you're that your flight won't take place in the winter. Pray that it won't take place on the Sabbath. Pray that the time will be cut short for the sake of the elect. Pray. God, God wants to hear those kinds of prayers. He will move and answer. Here's the key to our words having the power to do anything, just anything. It's John 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And it's not like, you know, rubbing the, the lamp and, and having wishes. The reason you can ask for whatever you wish under these circumstances is that when God's word, when you remain in Christ and God's word indwells you, truly indwells you, it puts you in alignment with God's will. And what you wish, what you want are the desires that he has put there. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He'll begin to put those things there when you, when you delight in him. The reason that Jesus, that everything that Jesus asked for was done is because Jesus said, I only say what I hear the Father say. 
only do what I see the Father doing. When Jesus walked in to a situation, when, when, he, when he walked up to the pool of Bethesda and saw the man laying there, Jesus knew the Father wants, wants this one, wants him to walk out of this place. When Jesus came to the man who was born blind, the one that he, uh, that he made the mud and put it on his eyes, he knew the Father wants to heal this one. Uh, he wasn't, he wasn't guessing. He wasn't going, God, you, you think maybe. No, it was there. The only prayer that he prayed that we think that we kind of feel like, well, he didn't really get that one answered. How about that one in the Garden of Gethsemane? Yes, he did. He did. He said, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But you know what? Even more than this cup passing from me, what I really want is your will to be done. Not mine. God answered that prayer. God's will was done. See, when God's word begins to dwell within us, the prayer of a, of a person in right standing with God is powerful and, and effective. James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Those I just said those two words, didn't I? Uh, that's where I got them. Uh, a righteous person is someone who's in line with what God's thinking, what God's will is. Righteousness is right standing with God. It's being, it's being lined up with what it is God's, God wants. And when, and when God's word comes forth from our mouths, wonderful and, <coughs> and powerful things happen. But we, we have this, we have this resource. We have this, uh, the word of God here that can begin to indwell us and begin to change us and begin to put us in line with him so that his words start to come out of our mouth. And I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, quoting scripture, although that's great to do, but I'm, uh, it just kind of naturally begins to come out because it becomes who we are if we'll live in it. You know, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I've got nothing against grabbing a particular verse and applying it to a particular situation and, and just pounding that situation with that verse. If that's what God has given you. Now, if it's, you know, if it's what somebody on TV gave you, that, that doesn't mean anything. But if it's what God has given you, then that'll, that'll absolutely work. But that's not day to day, week to week, year to year drenched living. That's situation specific. If you, if you want, if you want to live that way on an ongoing basis, then you have to, you just got to make this a part of your life, a big part of your life. When God's word comes forth from our mouths, incredible things happen. Um, Moses and Aaron stood before Pharaoh. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go. They didn't draw a knife on him. They didn't, they didn't blow anything up. They didn't, they didn't shoot him. They didn't hold an election. They just kept going. Let my, now God did some things, okay? And, and he, he can do whatever he wants to. But they just said, let my, the Lord says, let my people go. The Lord says, let my people go. You know, he didn't let them go the first time they said that. Or the second. Or the third. Or the fourth. Or, it, Seven times they, they had to say this before finally it happened and he let them go. But when, when God's word begins to come out of our mouths, even kings have to bow. 
Even, even kings have to bow to it. When God's word begins to come out of our mouths, the elements have to obey. Joshua. <laughs> I like this one. Joshua, when he was fighting, who was he fighting? He was fighting, he was fighting against the uh, Amorites. Yes, those Amorites. He's fighting against the Amorites, and they, uh, and they were winning. Israel was winning, but they were running out of daylight, and they hadn't finished the battle yet. And, you know, I don't, and Joshua commanded the sun and the moon to be still. Now, you know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not against uh, science. In fact, I probably am more, uh, I probably give a whole lot more leeway to that than, than most people in my camp do. Um, and I understand that scientifically it's absolutely impossible for that to happen. But let me tell you, it happened, okay? The sun and the moon stood still, which meant that the earth stopped on its rotation. Uh, and here's the deal. You say, well, that was Joshua's words. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Let me tell you what happened. Because Joshua didn't have in his battle plan. He didn't sit down with his guys before and go, look, guys, we're going to fight these fellas. And look, if we need any more time, just tell me. I'll call time out. We'll, we'll get the sun and the moon to stop. Uh, that wasn't part of it. I, I, what I, what I think, it, how I think it went down was they're fighting against the Amorites and they're winning the war. It's just great. Somebody goes, Hey, Joshua, it's about to get dark. You know, we hadn't, we hadn't finished these guys off yet. And Joshua goes, Oh my goodness. What? Oh, sun, stop. Moon, stop. Where did that come from? <laughs> you ever had one of those? Well, those situations where the Holy Spirit just puts a prayer inside of you and it comes out and once it comes out, you go, whoa, who said that? That's the word of God coming out. That's that's the word of God. See, Joshua served the God who said, sun, be created, moon, be created, shine your light so he can be good. stop. And he did. Because the word of God was dwelling inside of this guy. Death is conquered. Uh, uh, Peter uh, did what Jesus did with, with Jairus' daughter. He did with, the, with Tabitha over in, in Acts. Uh, just simply went in the room. The dead woman was there and he said, Tabitha, get up. But it wasn't Peter who was speaking. It was the word of God coming out of his mouth. Coming out of the mouth of someone who was absolutely aligned with God's will in that situation. And most importantly, souls are one for eternity. Yeah. Prodigal testimonies go forth. And other people go, yeah. Life-changing testimonies go forth. People go, you know, I'd like, I need that to happen. I, I need that to happen for me. And you know what? If it happened to you, I, I ought to get it as well. I can get in on that. Isaiah 52, 7 says this. I love this passage. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The word of God, when it dwells within us, has the power to bind up the brokenhearted, has the power to to heal not just those who are physically sick, but it has the power to heal those who are sick at heart. Those who are distressed, it has the power to bring 
to bring hope where there is, is hopelessness. It has the power to bring light in this, into situations of, of darkness. It has the power to sit at liberty those who are captive. It has the power to, to sit at liberty those who are not just a captive to addictions, but those who are a captive to lies that have been spoken into and over their lives. It, 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 it has that power to bring life into situations where there are death. And we, we have access to it. If we pick it up and take the time to put it into our lives. And if we don't, sometimes we're kind of powerless. Kind of wonder, where is the glory? I need a, I need another, I need another upbeat song. I, I need another on fire sermon. I, I need another lightning moment. No, you don't, because when the song ends, it'll be over. When the sermon ends, you'll feel differently. When the lightning gets through striking, you'll walk away. But when you walk day by day by day in the Word of God, dwell in Him and His Word begins to dwell in you, then God's Word becomes powerful in your mouth. A thing of power and beauty. Let me just say one other thing before I have you stand. When Wayne and I uh, used to be in a band together, uh, um, Christian band, we were good. Uh, when we used to be in a band together, we, we would pray, and I've mentioned this a couple times, but we would pray a prayer that probably just sounded ridiculous to some people around us before we would, before we would do a, a concert. We'd pray, Lord, help us not look for results. Help us not look for results. You can get all kinds of messed up. Looking for results. You, you really can. God's word says that his word will accomplish what he sends it forth to do. It will not return to him void. And so when I plant God's word into a situation, I don't have to go, well, what happened? Well, what happened is I'm just too impatient. It will accomplish what it's sent forth to do. Let it do its work. Let him do its work. Oftentimes we send it, you know, send the, the word of God, or sometimes it's our word, but the word of God into a situation. And then, you know, we give it 10 minutes and then we go in and try and make it happen. That messes things up pretty quickly. Send it. Let it be genuine and real. His word doesn't fail. Would you stand with me? With those who are going to pray with people, uh, come forward and the worship team as well. And if you're here today, he's here. He's here. I I'm telling you. He's here in power. And if you got a need that you brought today, you know, don't take it and 
dump it on your neighbor next door. Uh, don't take it home and dump it on your family. Bring it. To, cast all your cares upon the Lord. Because He cares for you. And He can actually do something about it. If you're here and you don't know Christ, we'd love to introduce you to Him. Uh, come. If you don't need to come, worship with us for a few moments. This is a terrific song. Worship with us.
love you, God. Raise your hand. God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who sent his Son into the world as the living word and who has given us this written word may you fall in love with it may you hunger for it may it indwell and saturate you and bring life to all of your being through Jesus Christ our Lord